If you just said this, right? I have to go out every day. Another hundred of your candidate. I'd, 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 <laughs> you said that. What I'm saying is, I'd have to take out. Okay, I'd take out Conor Whelan then. Conor Whelan. I, that's it. I quit. Subscribe to the GA podcast feed on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. It was a massive weekend of sport and it all got underway on Saturday morning with New Zealand's 22, Ireland 32 in the third test down under and it means that Ireland win the series 2-1. Delighted to welcome Gordon Darcy and Gregor Paul back to the show. Uh, Gordon, we'll start with yourself. Andy Farrell said that this tour was going to be, and the gruelling nature of it all, is going to be a real test of what the players are made of. I guess we learned on Saturday morning what these players are made of. Yeah, I think that's probably... uh, uh, yeah, what the players met up, but also what the coaching tickets um, achieved as well. And I think there's a great harmony between the uh, those players and the uh, and the coaching and the coaching staff. Um, yeah, there was um, massive pressure in the in the second test, the weather that. Um, but I think they had all those going into the into the third test, and I think the way they managed the second half was absolutely oh. phenomenal. So there was lots of questions posed. Well, there was question posed, not as many as you would have expected New Zealand to pose, um, or traditionally would expect them to, to pose. Um, but Ireland had had answers for pretty much every every game from the second test on. We've got two additional fantastic guests on the line for anybody joining us yes. on YouTube. Gordon, uh, t- tell us about your dogs there very briefly. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were sitting quite calmly um, away from me there a second ago. Um, and so I just come and say hello. Oh, they are uh, absolutely fantastic additions. What are their names? Albert and Barney. You're very welcome, Albert and Barney. It is brilliant to have you on the show. That's exactly what we need on this Monday morning. Uh, Gordon, can I ask what changed in your view between the first test and the second and third tests? Uh, like, like uh, the the obvious bits of um, Ireland won their set piece. I think it was uh, between the first and the second test. I think it was uh, Ireland did to New Zealand what New Zealand did to Ireland the first test. They crowded their line out. They hassled. They, um, you know, they just really just harangued the the New Zealand line out, um, and they won their own. And the scrum time, you know, Tig Tig uh, Furlong and Porter just set down set down the tone. And Sexton played first. We did two minutes, and I think that's probably that you know you've got the set piece and then you have Sexton playing you know 70 plus minutes that for me was the was the was the telling telling piece when it comes to that set piece area then was it a, a sense today was it new moves that you saw in the, the second and third test was it just kind no, of fine tuning no it's just the, it's just the winning of the ball like mm-hmm. we we were under pressure in the first test it said you know uh, Whitelock uh, was very good in the Irish on the Irish uh, ball in the first test and he wasn't there for the for the second test um but James Ryan like you can just see I I, I, I can I can almost see O'Connell and Ryan and Sheehan sitting down for a lot of time um uh, in the build up to that uh play in the build up to that second test no no no, no. Um, yeah and then the, the, the I guess the the, the additional then kind of like fine tuning of it O'Connell and his fingerprints have been all over it for, for the last little while but to turn like there was a lot there was a lot going wrong with that in the line out of the first in the first test and uh, the set and the and, and the um and the, and the scrum and that's why it looked like it was going to be a long series everybody's looking to say you know because the, the set piece is so fundamental to how, how what Ireland need to do um, so the ability to turn that around like James Ryan was exceptional at line out 
in the second test. I was re- it was like, you know, he was it's almost like he was reborn and went in. It was great. It was really and that was I was I think that was really really important to watch. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, sorry, there was more tempo into it, and there was thing, but they really harassed the New Zealand line out, which meant they weren't harassing ours. They were concentrating on winning their ball, which played Ireland's hands. Uh, Gregor, this is what happens when Ireland win in New Zealand. We get the dogs on. The kids want to make an appearance as well. Uh, your boys took one hell of a beating on Saturday, and the fallout probably isn't going to be too pretty. First home series defeat in almost three decades, back to back at home for the first time since '98. Uh, the fallout. What has it been like over the last couple of days? Oh, quite intense, as you would imagine, because they they lost the series, but that, that's on the back of a few defeats um, at the end of last year as well. And so they've played what Ireland four times and lost three of those four. And I mean, that's probably unthinkable. Um, if we go back five, ten years, that would never ever have happened. You know, Ireland can never beat the All Blacks, and now they're sort of beating them seventy-five percent of the time. So we've had this fundamental shift in the world order. And look, I, th- I think everyone can see that you look at the All Black team and um, there's some excellent players in that team. And it, we're not seeing a lot of players outside of that squad who are not currently being picked. So we don't think there's a selection issue per se with maybe one or two players that they might have a little look at and bring in. So they've got a, they've got the right players out on the park. But you know, all credit to Ireland who are a naughty team at the moment playing particularly well. But they... I guess because they were so good, they've exposed a whole raft of issues in that all back team from a set piece that was dominant in test one to one that was under all sorts of pressure and set in test two and three. The real question marks around the all black forwards at the moment. And and that's all leading into a discussion around, well, if we've got the right players on the park and they all look quite good when they play super rugby and we all know they can play. Um, right coaching group around them at the moment because Ireland, Ireland grew throughout that series, didn't they? That was the thing that changed everything. Ireland found a, a, a level higher in, in the second test and they went up another level in the third test. And you could see, you know, Gordon talking there about James Ryan. You saw the growth in him. He became the best lock on the field throughout the series. And New Zealand didn't get that growth out of their players. And there's questions now whether this coaching group has got the ability to, you know, to find answers around set pace, around the breakdown work, it was messy. And look, their attack game, attack game was non-existent for long periods. And, you know, Ireland found it really far too easy to break their front line of defence. So there's issues now around whether New Zealand are tackling, you know, whether they've got their heads in the the right space when they start, because Ireland scored a try, I think, in each test within five minutes. And New Zealand's big priority was to start well, and it didn't happen in any of those. So... Like we're, we're we're talking pretty seriously about whether this coaching group will be retained to the, through to the World Cup or not. Yeah, like they get the rugby championship, and is it a decision after that then? Well, I mean, they're off to South Africa in a couple of weeks, so it'd be a pretty tight turnaround to to boot one lot of coaches out and get another one in there before they go. I mean, it's not unfeasible because the guy that everyone's talking about taking over is Scott Robertson and he's under contract to New Zealand rugby. He's a Crusaders coach. So they, they effectively have him. Um, so they could do that if he could put together a, a team around him, which I think he probably could because most of his guys would, would be involved in super rugby at the moment. So he could get them out of there quickly. But but realistically, I think they'll make a decision when they get home from... They've got to play two tests in South Africa. I, I don't think they'll be able to make a decision about what they're going to do until those are finished. Okay, so it, it's essentially the, the rugby championship to, to save his job, is it? No, it'll no. be the two tests against Sorry. South Africa to save his job. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I don't okay. think you'll get the whole rug. If they come home beaten up in Africa, I mean, Jeebers, you know, I don't get any easier, does it? You play Ireland, who's probably number one team in the world, despite the rankings, and like South Africa and South Africa, they won't be subtle, uh, and we know what they're going to do. But that's where the All Blacks look a wee bit vulnerable at the moment, is to that power, that big uh, set-piece power game, big collision work. Um, and Africa bring that, South Africa bring that at a level that will probably be even greater than, than Ireland. Yeah, it's a it's a hell of a start to, to the rugby championship for New Zealand, to, to say the least, with those two tests. Uh, Gordon, uh, when you look back at that game on Saturday morning, was the way in which Ireland responded to the All Blacks being the All Blacks in that third quarter as impressive as that first half performance? Yeah, I think, I think so. Um, I wasn't surprised overly because... Like there's very few weeks in a, in a in a rugby player's career where you go into that uh, uh, third test and you've done all the work you've you've won the series you've won the you've won the tour and you've got a free run of it like they were fresh they didn't they wouldn't have had to do much it was all about getting mentally prepared and they didn't have any real injuries going into that uh, into that third test. And I thought the way they managed it was really, really good. Um, they took more kicks at goal than you would have tradition than they had done in the previous ones. They were they just applied pressure to New Zealand, and it took up until around 55, 60 minutes for the New Zealand players to really start to kind of buckle under that under that pressure. They had one, probably one or two moments where they could have stole it. Um, and Ireland came back, and the fact that Herring scored that try in the final thing was just it was just delightful to watch. Um, because there's, I don't know, there was there was always a, a moment where you kind of with me. There's always a, with with New Zealand where you kind of go, oh, they could just score two tries back to back here. You always have that, but as the game progressed, you kind of went, oh, I'm not really sure they're going to do this. The Ardi Savia try, it was it. it just looked like him taking the game by the scruff of the neck rather than anything New Zealand, you know, organised and delivering. Um, And you just felt like he kind of almost ran out of steam after he scored that try and there wasn't anybody else that was able to to turn it on for New Zealand. And I think that Gregory has kind of pointed like the... Talking about the the players on the field, from from a you know watching the New Zealand players on the field, that just didn't seem to be you know Bowden Park doing his best to try and create something, but there just didn't seem to be any ability to change the tempo of the game by New Zealand and Ireland, particularly Johnny Sexton and Gibson Park, just smothered them there. That uh, momentum that New Zealand were building, like we grew up on uh, all black sides, that when they got that momentum, Gordon, that they took advantage and Ireland would wilt and they would run up a big score very quickly. The, the reasons for that not happening then, obviously a lot of them on the all black side, but from an Ireland point of view, before the Herring try, what were you seeing? Was, was, that, was that Sexton getting everybody together? You know, wh- who were the leaders there that actually made sure that Ireland's heads didn't drop? Oh, but like, uh, you know, in, that, in the third test, there was no danger of the heads dropping, but they've just beaten, they've won that first test in, uh, in they won the second test in, in New Zealand. So they knew all they had to do was play on the front foot. Um, so yeah, like, and I can't overemphasize how important winning the set piece is for this group of players. Once we win our set piece, the way Ireland play, it's very, very, very hard to defend because it's simple. You know, once you're over the game line, defenses have to go backwards to go around. Gibson Park is already there before the defenses are there and they're moving the ball. So it just becomes this 
virtuous circle of, of of play. And it's not always scoring tries, but it is eroding the energy of the of the opposition team. And we did that really, really well um, for the whole uh, the whole element, the whole time of the, of, of the game. In the first test, um, New Zealand did that kind of power play piece where it was just a jaded looking Irish Irish squad at, the, at that point in time where they got that two, three tries. They got that 14, 18 points. The game was just out of reach. Um, I think the defences, the defence definitely responded to the way New Zealand were playing. And I think the numbers that Ireland were burning at the Rook in the second and third test versus the first test was very different. And we left less holes in the in the, in the the field and New Zealand struggled with that. And I think Peter Omani, our, our breakdown players, had a bigger game in the in the third test as well. I think Tyg Byrne was immense. Caelan Doris, Peter Omani, they were, they were incredible at the breakdown. And New Zealand struggled because they... The, I think the Rooks, um, the instance with Gregor, Thinks about this as well. The rooks in the northern hemisphere versus the southern hemisphere are very seem to be very very different. The way they're reft and the way they're um, and the way we we focus on them. And I think New Zealand struggled to get to grips with them. Yeah, do you want to pick that up, Gregor? Yeah, they, well, they did. New Zealand's whole game plan, um, probably going back ten years, has been built entirely on speed of recycled ball. You know when you know and the fact there was a stat last year. I think. Ian Foster mentioned that when even last year, if the All Blacks can have two consecutive phases where they go forward and recycle the ball quickly, they were scoring tries last year. Just on the back of two phases quickly, ball comes back. They, they were that good um, at, at doing it. And that's all they needed to create the, the, the frisson of momentum that they needed to get moving. But Ireland were just so good at, at not, I mean, I don't recall any particular long periods of play where New Zealand were able to recycle the ball in the areas of the field where they wanted to um, at the speed that they needed to to play the game that Ireland played. Once they breach you, they're, they're almost impossible to stop. And look, I mean, credit to Ireland. Their clean-out work was fantastic. Maybe there's a little bit of... Um, I wouldn't use the word cynicism. I don't mean that cruelly, but they, they were really good at getting in the way and rolling out the all-black side of the, of the rack, and they, they got away with it good play to them and you know so Smith was always kind of clearing out an Irish defender he couldn't get his hands on the ball quickly referee was happy with it so he kept doing it and that's up to the All Blacks to try and fix those sorts of problems but where it left them was they couldn't they couldn't get that momentum going forward because Ireland's front up tackling was dominant the New Zealand's ball carriers are, are, are not carrying the ball the way they should be at the moment and they just Ireland just never let them build any momentum and um, to Gordon's point about the breakdown work I mean Omani Jeepers if you could put him in the All Black team they would be pretty happy right now because he's actually the player that they're looking for and they just can't find but he's the guy yeah Gordon's dogs agree with that particular point I think Gregor uh, just a couple of more questions uh, Gregor just to you on, on the, the Sam Kane being taken off moment I know you were writing about this can you just explain to us how significant it is for an All Blacks captain to be taken off and, and is the responsibility on that on the coach or on Sam Kane himself like who looks worse out of that well, I, I think it was the coach looks bad out of, out of doing that because like Sam's been under pressure um, public pressure that there's been a, a level of unprecedented I don't know if it's unprecedented but it might be 
animosity towards the Ian Foster coaching regime. And Sam Kane has been caught up in that now because he's deemed to be Foster's man. And like he, Sam has always struggled a little bit because he, he was the first number seven after Richie McCaw. And who wants to be that guy? You, you're playing in the shadow of McCaw. So he struggled with that. And then Artie Savia came along and he wasn't Artie Savia either. So he's always been um, a difficult player for the New Zealand public to fall in love with because a lot of what he does is unglamorous, but it's what international rugby needs. So he's under a bit of pressure at the moment. There's a lot of people disputing whether he's the right guy to captain the team. And uh, as we talked about last week, Peter Omani made a pretty choice comment about him in the test match and everyone picked up on that. And uh, for, for, for him to come off when, with the game was still in the balance, because, you know, as Gordon said, New Zealand can still, even though they weren't going to, they still can score two tries in seven minutes and, and turn a game around really quickly. So 15 minutes to go, 10 points down, you'd still say New Zealand can win that but you take your captain off and it's just telling the world there and then that you've lost a wee bit of faith in him. And all these people that have been critical of him are now wondering whether Foster's also feeling the same thing that Sam's not the right player for this team. And look, I don't know whether he is or whether he isn't, but he should have probably played out the game. And if they want to make a change of captaincy and if they don't want to pick Sam anymore, I think they probably need to do that behind closed doors and communicate that to him you know, after the test match and make a change if they're going to, but but don't make it 15 minutes before the end of the game because it, it sent out a, a pretty big message about disunity. And I know that Sam was pretty upset by what happened and he looked fairly angry about it. And I know the players were too, so hasn't really helped Foster's position much by doing that. Go, go for it. Sorry, Gordon, I was going to say, but ahead of a summer tour, there's always a, a dual focus of firstly winning the tour, but also, you know, learning and experimenting about with different players. There was no great experimentation the way the series went. In terms of what Andy Farrell learned to what he gained, like, is is it James Ryan, the rejuvenation of James Ryan, the uh, tight burn nailed on now as a, as a world-class player, Peter O'Mahony back to his very best. What what are the main things in terms of players he'll have, he'll have taken away from the three tests? Oh, yeah, no, I think, uh, yeah, as you said, I think it's, as you said, there was very little experimentation with it. It was our strongest team, three tests in a, in a, in a row. Um, you know, you would have said, you would have thought Ty Byrne would have been the nailed on starter when he came back from the Lions. Um, but, you know, life, that's not how it, how it has panned out for, for him. But like, I think he, Tig just reinforces how how important he is in the in the modern game. That type of uh, whether he's a second row or a six, but that ability to get in and over the ball, ball and that type of league play, he's he is really important to how Ireland play and Ireland look a little bit of a different team with him in it. Um, I think there's an awful lot to like. It, there was no exper- experimentation, even with the squad going. We knew that there was going to be much, uh, much tinkering with, uh, with with this team. That's fine. Um, I think what they've done now is they've created a bit of history, um, and now they have to start planning for um, for the future. There's still a little. We're very lucky with injuries in this tour, which is unusual. Uh, raft at the start, but um, we didn't uh, lose too many bodies in the in the in the rest of the in the rest of the game. So. Um, 
I think you will start having to look at uh, what's happening in behind that. And I think you get, a, you get what Ireland have now is they've got a free run in the November series, I think, to tinker and to have a look at um, ahead of the ahead of the Six Nations. And that's probably as far as we can you can look with this group that there'll be a couple of players, you know, where's Kieran Frawley going to play? I think it's going to be really important. Is he going to be a 10? Is he going to be a 12? Um, because uh, that is, you know, while Johnny Sexton was so important to be playing 70 plus minutes, um, he turned 37 uh, during the tour. So we do need to find a a, a like for like replacement. Um, and I don't think Joey has done that in the opportunities he's had. Yeah, that's for sure. That's going to be one of the big questions. Gordon, I can't let you away without asking you about the, the Wexford colours on you this morning. 96 Jubilee yesterday at Croke Park brings back happy memories, I assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's actually, it's actually not a Wexford jersey. It's not a Wexford jersey, right? <laughs> it's, it's a, it's an homage, homage to the, uh, okay. the Wexford uh, jersey. Yeah, it was great, uh, great, some great hurling going on there yesterday. But uh, hopefully, our guys will be back, uh, back next year. There's plenty going on down there with Darry Egan and the, and the coaching team. So we'll give, hopefully, they'll give it a good, a good run next year. Some flashes of uh, really impressive hurling from them this year. So hopefully, a bit more consistent next year. Gordon, great to hear from you and the dogs. Thanks a million. Thanks a million. Great to see you, man. Thanks a million for everything during the series. We'll chat to you soon. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.